because this is first fruit season and your heart needs to be open to receive. Amen? Oh my gosh. Take the hand of somebody. Father, in Jesus' name, will you give us that heart that is open to your word to hear what we haven't heard, to see what we've never seen, that we may do what we've never done, that we might receive the goodness of God, that your blessing might be upon your people. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for what your word will bring to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray for the blessing. And God's people said amen. Hug your neighbor one more time. Tell them we're in it. We're in it. We're in it now. Uh, this is first fruit season and, and, uh, and the theme that God gave us is my first for his best. My first for his best. And the Lord has been reminding us what it means for him to be first. For there to be no other gods before him. Some translators say no other gods beside him. He's God alone. Amen. And there are no others. All others are fakes. Amen. All others are perpetrators. Our God is the only God, the creator God. And when all is said and done, he's the one that remains. Amen. That's the God we worship. Amen. And if you worship that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his name is Jesus. Raise your hand and say, amen. That's the God I worship. No mistakes. Amen. Uh, boy, what, a, what an incredible time to be alive. And I want you to zero in on a story that you're very familiar with. But I trust the Lord to give a new meaning to the story. And you can apply it to your life. So it will help you in this season. Because one thing God is demanding of his children all that will see the power of God, the hand of God, the works of God, all who would see the increase of the Lord, everyone who wants to see God move on their behalf are having to accept this one thing and, 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 and rightfully so in the time of history that we live in, that God alone is first, amen. Talk to your neighbor and said, nobody is before, nobody is before our God. It's about what position he has in your life. Yes, you might say it's about priorities. You might also say it's about focus. What are you thinking about in your life? When you wake up in the morning, what, what is your focus? When you lay down at night, what are you thinking about? When you're on your job, when you work on the mountain of employment of which you work, whether it be family, government, finance, media, education, business, wherever you make a living, this focus changes everything about you and about your life. When God says first, he really means it. Jesus said, I want you to seek first his kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. And by the way, saints, when you think about that, he was talking about what men put on, mm, what men eat, and where they stay. They're living. These are things all of us. What you wear, what you eat, 
where you live actually declare your lifestyle. Those things, all of them say something about you. And the Lord, when he was talking about these things, he said, look at the, the grass of the field. He said, I clothe them. He said, you're more important than grass. But what about the birds of the air? They're beautiful. And I feed them. And he goes on and he says, you're more important than birds of the air. And he goes on to say, well, if I, if I can clothe the grass and the flowers, and if I can feed the birds, I surely can feed you. And then he talked about what's on men's mind. He says, those that don't know God, what's always on their mind is how much money they make, what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of, where, where do they eat, you know, where, where do they, what do they drive, where do they live. He says, they're concerned about these things. But the Lord said, here's what I want to be on your mind. He said, I want you to get this clear. Here's what you seek after. This is what you go for in everything that you do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Talking about the stuff he's talking about. Clothes, the food, the house. Amen. What you eat. And isn't it marvelous to be able to eat? At, how many of you are foodies? Do I have any foodies out there? It's a term we use for folk who always search out new wonderful places to eat. I'm sorry, Reggie, I couldn't see. My lights got me. Wave at me. I can feel your hands. Foodies. I got about 50% uh, of y'all are foodies. So I thought, about an, I thought about a great idea. One thing we ought to do as a church, because, you know, uh, food is wonderful. Amen. Food is wonderful. Hey, don't, 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 don't be a hater. Food was in the garden. You know what I'm saying? Amen. So food, yeah. A lot of stuff was, well, a lot of stuff was determined with food. I thought it would be a good idea. Natalie, I thought this would be a great idea. We get a, a, a place on the app. Zave, are you here? I couldn't see. I know, I know uh, Neil's on vacation. Maybe you could take this down. We get a place on the app where you recommend great restaurants. I thought that was a great idea. Because I, I can tell y'all some great places to eat in Atlanta. In fact, I, we can tell you the dishes that you ought to order. Amen. But food's good. Isn't the food great? Isn't it, isn't it great? You know, um, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to eat. And, you know, it's amazing. Even when, when this is all finished, you know, there will be the great, the marriage supper of the lamb. Dinner. Are you there? It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And the, even the Lord, he sealed his relationships with the disciples with a, with a meal. It's, it's amazing. Food. Jesus said, you know what? The Gentiles, that's unbelievers, their whole life is about where they gonna eat next? What they got on? I was I was joining somebody today about what they had on because they had on bright colors today. But God, He forgave me. It's all right, man. And uh, these days, you, I just want you to feel good about where where you know going to wear bright colors. Amen. Amen. I think it's good. Weather's been dull. Wear them bright colors. Good thing. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you gonna wear? What you gonna eat? And uh, what you, where you live? How many of you live in a great neighborhood? I'm I'm just checking you out. How many of you live in a How many of you live in a bad neighborhood? Raise your hand. Nobody want to raise it. Two or three. Good. No, no, that's not right. You live in a bad. Raise your hand. Live in a bad neighborhood. Keep it up high. Live it up high. Now, Father, I want to thank you because they hear this message, and they do what this message says that you'll move them out of that bad neighborhood into a better place to live, in the name of Jesus. 
clap your hands and say amen. Yeah. How many of you like to drive nice cars? Amen. Like to drive nice cars. That's about 90% of y'all in here. How many of y'all drive a bad car, beat up car, clunker? Okay. One, two, three, four. Oh, Elder, you, your wife's going to get you. She got her hand up. Bad cars. You know, I really, you know, I know this is not everything, but I think that the children of God, the people of God are the dress nice, ought to live great, and ought to drive great, and ought to eat great. Amen. Clap your hands if you believe that. If you, have, if you drive a clunker, I'm, gonna, I'm praying for you that when I get through this little message, that if you do what this message says, you get it, you get it, and you practice it, that it will change, I'm believing with you, it'll change what you drive. It did for us. We just decided. We're not driving bad no more. It does not glorify God for you to be broke down on the freeway. Isn't it? It don't glorify God. Amen. It does not glorify God for you to run out of gas. Tell your neighbor what I said. You sitting there, you sitting there on the side of the road, have a gas can, or waving, trying to get somebody. You don't know who's going to stop. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, if you're the people of God, these things. And Jesus said, now the Gentiles, this is all they think about. It's all they think about. But the Lord said, he said, but if you seek my kingdom, my rulership, seek my way, the way I do things, and my righteousness, if that's the center and the focal point and the priority of your life, then he says something powerful. Everything else will be added unto you. Everything else, you'll get it. If you seek me first, look at your neighbor and say, he's got to be first place in your life. The truth is, in order for him to be Lord of your life, for the meaning of the word Lord, for him to be Lord of your life, he has to be first place in your life. And all God's folks said amen again. So I want you to go to Joshua 6 because I know some of you know this story. And I love Joshua because it's, it's, a, it's so descriptive and so applicable to where we are today. And Joshua, in, in chapter, actually the last few verses of chapter 5, Joshua is about to enter into the greatest conquest of his life. And, and he's, he's, he's nervous. He, he's got to do something he's never done. He's got to, and he's got to do it with the people that, that have never been in war. They don't know nothing about fighting. And he's the commander. He's the leader. By the way, when you lead stuff, you carry everybody with you. And what happens to people matters to you if you are a leader and a good leader. Because you know the way you lead is the way they go and determines what happens to them. And Joshua is about to lead a million plus people into the first major conflict of their life. It's, it's not only that, the place where this conquest takes place is the biggest city in the world at that time. It's fortified like no other city. It has more riches, more people, more commerce, more influence than any other city in the whole region. It's considered one of the oldest cities in the world. 
they had plenty of time to fortify that thing. The walls that surrounded that city for its protection were wide enough to drive two chariots back and forth. It was amazing. Jericho would be equivalent to the modern city of our day with plenty of commerce, riches, business, people. The problem is in Jericho, it was totally corrupt. Joshua, what these neophytes, these young cats never been to war. And he's nervous. And if you read chapter five, at the very last few verses, you can see in your mind as you read the verses, you know, Joshua kind of pacing, you know. He's, 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 he, he, he needs to hear from God because he's got to do something he's never done. And by the way, when the Lord wants to take you forward, it'll always be in the realm of the unfamiliar. When God wants to grow you, any area God wants to grow you in, he will always expose you to what you've never conquered yet. Joshua is, I can see him pacing. I've had some of those nights. You didn't know what was going to happen the next day. You knew you had to go forward, but you didn't know how it was going to turn out. You had hope, but you didn't know. While he's pacing, all of a sudden, he notices a character standing off near, in, the, in the close, not, in the not too far distant, standing there, standing there at attention. You can find this in chapter five, the last few verses. And when he looks at him, he knows he's not an ordinary man. He's, he, he, he's different. Now, he's up there by himself. He's now, it's, it's, can I put it this way? It's devotional time for Joshua. It's quiet time, him and God. He's got to do something he's never done and he doesn't want to fail. Because his failure means thousands upon thousands failures. For all of you that are in leadership, it's a great story. It's a great place for you to find courage. And while he's alone and while he's on that mountain by himself, and all of a sudden this character stands before him and he realizes this is not an ordinary man. And Joshua does what any any leader would do, he needs to determine what side this guy's on. He says, are you for us or are you against us? Are you for us or are you for our enemy? Because Joshua doesn't know whether he got to pull his sword or not. And, and he says, are you for us or for them? And the answer intrigued me so much. The answer was no. <laughs> no. No. But I am, I'm representing the Lord of hosts. In other words, I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. You better decide what side you on. The Bible says he falls to his knees because, see, Joshua is the leader who was mirroring his, his mentor, Moses. And and so Joshua had an understanding about God, about his presence. He had an understanding about those who represented heaven. He even had an understanding about angels. 
When this man says, no, but I represent the captain of the Lord of hosts, Joshua figures out, oh, oh, he hits the ground. He falls to the ground. And he says something very curious, something that we ought to say when we come to a crisis moment or when we come to a time when we got to push through to the next thing. He says, oh, Lord, what, what would you have your servant do? Lord, have mercy. What would you have me do? He's not giving strategy or acclimates or he's not, he's not showing him his, you know, his rank. No, as far as Joshua is concerned, he has no rank and he's on his face before a representative of heaven. By the way, Joshua was the person that was with Moses, you know, back in the day in the tent when the, when the presence of God came. Jo Joshua had a sense of honor with the presence of God. It's something that this generation needs to regain again. We, we, you, you, one reason why you see such dishonor of authority and parents and, and teachers, why, why you see such dishonor, because there's the, the Bible calls it the fear of God is lacking among us. We've never had God deal with you. Whenever God deals with you as a person out of his glory, it changes your inner person. It changes your perception. And all of a sudden, you have a whole different realm of respect. Joshua didn't know quite what to do, but he's on his face and he says the thing he ought to have said. What do you want me to do? And this is really interesting because as a, as a leader, you always need strategy. You always need to know what to do next. A friend of mine said, if you're in any kind of position, the only thing you have to know is, what, the only thing you have to be able to tell folks is, what do you do next? That alone makes you a leader. Joshua listens as the angel says, says gives him instruction. So in chapter 6, you see the instruction that God, through this angel, some believe that it was really God personified coming to Joshua. And, and of course, you know, if you're going to go through something tough, as many of you have, and some of you are even facing right now, you need things to change. You got barriers up that you just, they just it looks impossible. How can we even think about Taking this city as large as it is, as thick as it is, as experienced as this enemy is, and we've never been in battle. Some of you are like that. How do you dare in 2020 break through to what you've never broken through to? Come over what you've never come over before. Mm. And so he's all ears. Are you all there? Check out, check out the verse of scripture. Thank you, Kenny for being with me today. <laughs> By the way, Joshua, as the leader, his, his, his leader now has passed on, and he's the leader, and even though Joshua is faithful, he's unproven. He's never led the people in a battle before. So you can tell how nervous he must have been. Because now, it's, by the way, all of you who have ever criticized any level of leadership, you only do that because you have never been in their shoes. Tell your neighbor what I said. I'll feel you back there. I'll feel you back there. 
By the way, you want a great experience? Just change positions for a day. So Joshua, in his state, he's, uh, you know, he is teachable right now. He, it's not like he's trying to talk about how much he knows. And so the angel of the Lord speaks to Joshua and gives him some facts. Because if you're going to make, if you last night we learned in our business meeting, it was absolutely, absolutely wonderful. You have to do your market research. Somebody got to go and figure out what, what, if you're trying to accomplish something, find out everything you can find out about it so that you're not ignorant. You know what to do. And so this, this angel starts giving Joshua the down and dirty, the 411, if you please. And he says, now Jericho is tightly shut because the sons of Israel and no one went in and no one went out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, this is amazing to me. Now, I assume that Joshua is, is, is still listening for what to do. And the Lord says to him, and I want you to look there because it's important for, for, for most of you sitting here, it is it is a word to you about what you need to accomplish and where you need to go and what you need to achieve. Check out the words that he said. See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its valiant warriors. What? He has not charged one gate. He's not lined up one soldier. He's not sharpened one weapon and he's in the presence of God. And, and you know what, saints, honestly, this, the body of Christ needs to, needs to rise up. Metro, rise up and receive in the name of the Lord. Whatever it is that you need to accomplish that you know is the will of God, you need to hear that that thing has already been given to you. In the, in the past, in the past, the problem is, we would receive a prophetic word and we thought that the prophetic word by itself was enough to accomplish the task. But the word needs feet. The command needs a body. And so he says to Joshua, he says, I have, would you shout that? I have given you the city. Come on, say it. Come on, say it one more time. This time when you said, put your situation in there. I have given you, put your word in. What, what, what is it that God wants to do for you? I've given you, mom, I've given you your marriage. I've given you your kids. I've given you that new place, that new job. I have given you, it's already yours. That situation that's been at you, I've already taken care of that. I've already broken you through that. I've already raised you up. I've already given you your notoriety. I've already put you in your position. I have already done it for you. And it's an amazing thing. In fact, honestly, saints, if you seek anything out, seek the word of the Lord about the thing that you desire. And Joshua, can you imagine how he felt? Probably mixed feelings, thinking, you've given me the city already? So yeah, from God's perspective, it's a done deal. Just do what I tell you. From God's perspective, it's a done deal. Just do what I instruct you. 
from heaven's point of view, he's already looking on the other side of Jericho. Now, what you got to do is exactly what I tell you. Look at your neighbor. Are you prepared to do what God tells you to do? A lot of you want conquest. You want to conquer. You want to overcome. You want to break through. You want to go over. You want that thing out of the way. But you have to have your heart right to do what God tells you to do. Oh, read a little further. And then he says, he said, now, here's what, here's what I want you to do. Now, I've given you the city, and all, I've given you its king, and all its warriors. I've, given it, I've already given it into your hand. I've already given Jericho into your hand. I've already given Jericho into your hand. Check this out. You shall march around the city, all the men of the war, all the men of war circle the city once. Do that for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven. By the way, excuse me. When the Lord wants you to conquer something, for him it's already done. But for you, you got to walk through the experience. Yes, amen. So in order for you to get to that, in order for you to conquer that, you've got to do what the instructions say. You know, if God, is, if God is God enough to open up your ear to hear that I've already given it to you, he's the same God that will give you the detailed instructions, what you must do. Don't, don't trip on God. If he tells you this is the way it's going to be done, don't be trying to, don't be trying to improvise. <laughs> well, we're going to march five days. We ain't marching it. We're only going three quarters. That's a lot. That's a lot of walking. We're only going three quarters of my feet's be hurting. We only be going, we only going halfway. Don't improvise. Tap your neighbor said, don't change God's instructions. You change God's instructions, you change the victory. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Almost done. Really? Yeah. Check this out. So he says, so he, says, <laughs> he said, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of rams. Not six. Seven. Are you all there? Okay. Then he, he's very specific. And then he says, the, these rams' horns before the ark of the Lord. So the ark of the presence of God would be walking with them. They would be carrying. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city. How many times, saints? Seven times. And the priest shall do what? Blow the trumpet. I don't care how tired you are. Get you some breath from someplace. I'm going to let you walk six days to get your, to get your stamina up because on the seventh day, you're going around seven. I'm, I'm, I'm merely giving you the mind of God when he wants to conquer something that you have never conquered. He's, he's going to give you explicit directions. And by the way, some of you have misplayed God because just because what he tells you is tedious or difficult or detailed doesn't mean he didn't tell you. And the people of God got to deal with that right now. People of God, we got to deal with God's instructions. Whenever we push his instructions to the side, we push our victory further in the future. And there are things you haven't broken through yet because you just didn't do everything he told you to do. Don't be mad at God. He's the, he's the God will give you the victory, but not until you do what he tells you, the way he tells you to do it. If he tells, if God is, the Holy Spirit said, I want you up every day at 6 o'clock. I want you up every day at 4.30. I want you up every day at 5. And I want you praying, and I want you praying in your language for an hour. Guess what? 
You might have sleep in your eyes. You might have bed butter in your eyes. But when you, what, you, what do you do? 5.30, you get up, you just, you just, look, you ain't got, tap your neighbor and say, you ain't got to feel it. That's what I'm trying to say. Just roll the covers back and just go on and just go to your place. Say, well, I can't all these seats straight. I ain't even got the blood out of my blood. Just do what God told you to do. It's amazing to me how some of y'all think you're smarter than God. You know, I, I do believe that one reason why Joshua is who he is is because when Moses set free the, the children of Israel and, and Joshua was a, a young man, man, he was staying, he was staying, he was staying in Moses' shadow everywhere he went. He, he was where he wasn't supposed to be. Moses up on the mountain where folk get killed for being up there, not being up, not, 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 not being up there. So, so Joshua was in, in the shadow of Moses. So when God looked at Moses, he, you know, Joshua was included in Moses because Moses was in Joshua's heart. And I hate to say it, but the church today, one of the problems we have, we ain't in nobody's heart. We ain't following nobody. Are you, you hearing what I'm saying to you? Last night in our business meeting, something was said was so powerful that so you could go wherever you want to go, but most of you can't go there. You have the ability, but you can't go there because you ain't got the direction, because you don't have a coach. So many of you are too proud to say, teach me, show me how to do something. And that one thing, one, somebody you would shadow and mimic would be the basis and the foundation of your success. If God says to you, I want you walking around, watch around this city six times in six days. And on the seventh day, we're going to really, we're going to really turn it up. We're going to turn up. We're going to turn up on the sixth day. On the seventh day, we're going to turn up. We're going around seven times. Can you imagine about the seventh time? They're like this. <laughs> and now you want me to blow a trumpet? Excuse me. What do you think the people that were watching from the walls were thinking. What, 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 what? <laughs> what, 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 you think you're going to conquer us by walking around this thing? What, 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 what you going to do, dig under the walls? And can you imagine the, the ridicule they must have gotten from them by the fifth, sixth day? And, and it is that way. It, you know what? It's amazing. It is that way when the Lord instructs you and you have to overcome something. And people around you don't understand what you're doing. Why you're there an hour before time. Why you've already, why you've already prepared yourself. Why you have already showed up in the situation and interceded before everybody, anybody ever got there. Because you're following God's instructions. While you, why you have been in repetition again and again when you look stupid and you're still doing because God told you to do it. God instructed you. You now listen to what men may say because you believe and you see in your heart that thing crumbling before you. You heard God. And Joshua has to lead a people he's never led before into a battle which is bigger than himself. And so when he hears God, he, he conveys these instructions to the T. But while he's, while he's doing that, I want you to see something that I never saw before in this battle. 
Joshua says something to the people that God did not say to him. Now I want you to get it because it's one of the keys to his victory. Are you all there? Are you curious as to what it is? Really? Well, let me share it with you. <laughs> it's amazing. So, are you in chapter six? Mm. And, and so, Joshua, he does exactly what the Lord tells him to do. He lines up all the men, all the, he lines up all the priests, the Ark of the Covenant, the leaders, and all the people, all the warring, all the warring men of Israel who never went to war. He gets the, the folks with trumpets, he gets the trumpets ready. He armed, verse 9, he armed the men. The, the armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets. The rear guard came after the ark while they continued to blow the trumpets. And then he commanded the people what to do. Verse 15, on the seventh day, they rose early, in the, rose early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day, they marched around the city seven times. Wow. Look at verse 17. It's so interesting. Because you know what? The first time I saw this several years ago, I had to go, I had to go get my Bible, uh, my Bible dictionaries and, and thesauruses and coordinate, uh, Bible uh, uh, concordances. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, had, I, had a, I said, no, 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 no. I got to find out where God told him to do that. And I couldn't find it. The reason why I couldn't find it, because it's not what God said at that point. Look at verse 17. Can you put 17 up there? They ain't gonna believe how short this message is gonna be. Check this out. Are y'all reading? Are, can y'all read? What did it say? Let's do the old school. Read. What did it say? Let's try that together. Go ahead. Stop right there. Underline, circle that word in your Bible. Band, B A N D. B-A-N, no D. Under the band. I'll come back to what that means in a minute. The city shall be what? Keep reading. Oh, really? Who's saying this? I thought it was God saying it. It's Joshua saying it. He alone makes the proclamation. He tells all his captains and all of his generals. If the word goes out over all the thousands upon thousands of warriors. This city, this first city belongs to God. It is his. Everything that comes out of it. Read it. What does it say? Only what? The who? Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Isn't it amazing how God loves hoes? Yeah. 
We know, you know what's amazing about this? You, if, you think, if you think this is a joke, you ought to do a little research in the scripture. How many holes Jesus endeared? And it wasn't sexual at all. God loves. I, I want to tell you something. Women on the street who have to use their bodies for, I want to tell you, God has, a, he has something for them. And, and, you know, they're laughing, but if we took a little survey without anybody's permission, we might find some, some of y'all. All right, everybody, here we go. Look at you guys. Hello, because you can define that many different kinds of ways. Only who? Only who? Rahab the harlot and what? All her. Shall what? Because what? Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I want you to know something, that, that the God of the Bible many times is not the God that we perceive in our minds. God that wants to show himself powerful and strong for all those who believe. We're not told all of, her, all of Rahab's history. We just know that that's the way she made her living. But boy, she, when she understood what was going down, she said, when the spies came to spy out Jericho, she said, she said hey, hey, come, come in here, come in here. They won't find you. She hid him in her place when they were spying out the city. And when they came to inquire, have you seen these men? She said, I don't know. They went over there. Hmm. I thank God for that Holy Ghost lie. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it kind of uh, sort of causes us to redefine our morals and uh, redefine what we believe is right and wrong in the light of God and his purposes. She risked her life. Had they not believed her and went in her home and found them, it would have cost her her life. So she risked her life for the purpose of God. And, and, and when, and, and when, <laughs> when the leader of Israel, when Joshua went back with his men, he said, look, he said, now we're going to take the city. And when, when, when this city falls, and we kill everybody up in here, there's somebody you don't need to touch. And the way you're going to know not to touch her is outside her house. By the way, she lived on the wall. And you had to be making some money to live on the wall. And she said, she gonna, there'll be a red rag tied, tied to her window. When you see this red garment flat, that, that house, don't touch, it's, it's on the ban to you. Don't touch it don't touch anybody in it. By the way, just for your information, on the seventh day and the seventh cycle, and they blew the trumpets, I want you to know, some historians say that the, the walls went down into the ground. Except the place where Rahab lived. Have mercy, Jesus. That place was still standing with the little red flag. <laughs> they rushed in. They slaughtered his instruction. I want everything valuable, take it out. Everything valuable, take it out and put it in the house of the Lord. Everything that's breathing, take their breath because they are fully and completely corrupt. 
Put the verse back up there for me, would you please, sir? Because I, I want to wind this up. So Joshua makes this proclamation about Jericho to all of the people. He said, look, don't take anything out of this city for yourself. This city belongs to God. The first, the biggest, the best belongs to God. So write this down somewhere. Jericho given to God was guaranteed that they get all the rest of the cities in the land. Jericho was a first fruit that guaranteed all the other cities to be conquered. What's the next verse? What's 18 say? But as for you, what does it say? Only do what? Now, the one reason why this is important, under the band is kind of into, korban is another word that's used. It, 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 the, way, the, the simplest way to explain things that are under the band, the, the things that are under the band are a blessing to God and a curse to you. things that are under the ban, which came by Joshua's decision. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I feel that. You feel that? Yeah. Things that are under the ban, Lord have mercy, by your, by my, in this case, by Joshua's decision, they become a blessing to God. And if I take them or touch them, they become a curse to me. This same concept is used in the tithe. People who keep their tithe in their bank account and use it, it becomes a curse to the rest of their income. That's why they have difficulties making, not only making men's eat, even if they make a lot of money, they continually play with problems because their money is not overseen by the blessing of God because the first of that has not been offered to the Lord. First fruit is a powerful thing. So what Joshua says, this city is under the ban, so don't take anything out of it because that will go to God and to God alone. We don't eat from that. Can I give you an example of it again? In, in Genesis chapter one, when the Lord put the tree in the middle of the garden, he planted many things. Are many, he said, all these trees, Adam, you can eat from, but this tree don't eat from this tree. It's under the ban. It's a blessing to me. It's a curse to you. Why? Because when you honor me as first, I will bless everything else. You don't need the first if you give it to me. I'll take your first and I'll bless the rest. I'll bring increase, in fact, to the rest. That's how the rest increases because you have strategically put a ban on what belongs to me. God said when Israel came into the land, when you come into the land, this is the only way I can figure out why Joshua said this because he said this before they got out of Egypt. When you come into the land, I want the first of your cattle, first of your children, first of your, of your wheat, first of all the, of your produce. I want the first of it. It belongs to me. And the rest I'm going to bless. It was the way they, what my wife was doing today so wonderfully. 
It's the way they worship. I, I think we have missed it. We have not worshiped God in our giving. You just, you didn't understand that God knows everything it takes for you to get what, you, what you've got. And you, and you, when you take that and you say, the first of my labor, my talent, my, my, my energy, my creativity, my time, I take that and I offer it to you, Lord. That first action says, ah, okay, since you want to acknowledge that that belongs to me and you belong to me, I'm going to breathe on the rest and I'm going to cause you to live more off of what's left than, than if you would have kept the first. So, so the first fruit is what Jericho really is. So he says, do not covenant. Check this out. This is awesome. This is help us in our giving. Help us in our approach to all the things that we have. Our clothes, our food, our drink, our transportation. Here's the attitude. He says, so that you do not covet, take the, uh, do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. So I've been thinking about this. If you had a family and, you, and, you're, and you're the leader of your family, your husband and your wife, your wage earner, and you want your family to be blessed, well, this is one of the instructions the Lord gives. He gives it not only in the Old Testament, he gives it in the New Testament. This is the way we, our, our economics gets promoted. This is the way God preserves and helps and promotes us. The same principle of treating the first as something holy to God. This is not for the unbeliever. It's not for people who don't understand who God is. Okay, you can go home now, Bishop. They, they, they messed up enough now. Some of you are thinking, well, no wonder my stuff ain't together. Because you got you wearing the band on your feet. You got the band on your back. You living in the band. And the Lord wants to change that. This is not for your condemnation. He wants to change it. All you got to do, because he's first in your life, is acknowledge what belongs to him first. Then he says, everything else. I'm going to add it to you. Give me one more verse. I think I'm okay with one more verse. All the what? And the what? And the articles of? Are what? They shall go where? My Lord, this is Joshua talking. Now he told everybody, he made it in explicitly clear. So they all heard it. He said, when we take this city, because you're going to see some stuff, they're like, ooh-wee, look at that bracelet. Good God Almighty. You're going to be, when you ramsack the city, look at them earrings. My God, those diamonds are big enough. They're bigger than my eyeballs. Look at that. Well, look at that. That's a 10-carat diamond. You know that? And you got to remember, God's got more than that waiting for you. You keep your eye on what God said. 
and you offer him. So couples that are, are, are feuding over their finances, I understand why it's tough because you, you, you got that curse working over your finances. Are you serious? Break that thing today. Break it by the name and the blood of Jesus. Push through, come on through to what God really wants for you. First fruit season is important because it's a, it's, it, for many people, it's the first time they get to practically say, Lord, you are the owner of my life. No one has sway over my life more than you. You're the one who saved my life. You're the one who keeps my life. And all that I ever shall become, ever shall accomplish is because of you. Then you put everything in its order and you say to the Lord, Lord, this is the first. I'm going to give you my first. And I do. I expect by your promise, your best. Joshua was giving Jericho the, to God as the first. And he expected God's best for the rest. And we read the end of Joshua. You'll see that they conquered. Uh, they, they, God only left a small amount of the cities unconquered. And they, 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 it was amazing how they took city after city after city after city because the biggest one fell because they listened to God and they didn't touch it. That's why I said to you last week, you know, when that paycheck comes, what you want to do is bless that paycheck. Don't curse it. Look at your neighbor and say, the blessing of the cursing is in your hand. Tell him I said. By the word of the Lord, the blessing of the cursing is in your hand. What, you can do what you want. You, I mean, you you grown, you grown, you grown person. Amen. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> you can you can do what you, you make decision you want to make. But if you're gonna be God, if you if you want, if you're gonna belong to Him, then remember, this is what He's instructed. Honor Him first by your heads. Honor Him first. Don't be afraid. Honor Him first. He knows, he, he knows how to make a way out of no way. And, when, and, and by the way, when you're in trouble, really in trouble, honor him more. When it, when it looks like it's going downhill, like you don't know what, Lord, how, then do the unthinkable, the thing that Satan does not want you to do. Take up the little you've got him and say, Father, first, I'm giving this to you and I believe you talked about it last night the prophet said to that woman I know you're going to fix your last meal make your little cake and you're going to eat it and you and your son are going to die because you know there ain't nothing else he said I want you to go ahead and do that but, but, but before you eat your last meal just fix me a little cake my God that woman went in there and did what the prophet said. Instead of feeding her herself and her son for the last time, she went in there and started fixing that prophet a, a, a little pancake. And she looked back at the flour and it was as full as when she started. She looked back at the oil and it was just as much oil in the, there now as when, before she poured. And the Bible says her flour didn't fade and her oil didn't decrease. They ate good the whole it was a, a famine. During the whole famine, they ate good because she honored first God, his word. Oh, I'm sorry. Bow your heads again. Talk to God.
Now look, nobody can tell you what that is. Not, a tithe is already telling you. A tenth, that's different. But a first fruit is, a first fruit is what you decide. What you gonna give him first? This year, that special gift. Make it count, make it out of your heart. Honor the Lord with the first of your increase, with your substance. I'm gonna cause your containers to be full and overflowing. God will do it, he will not lie to you. So just be obedient to the Lord. Don't be belligerent. Don't be trying to, don't, 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 don't try to, what's that word I used before? Imp, don't improvise. Don't say, well, Lord, you know, next time. No, 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 you, the need is now. And if you haven't, if, it, you, if it's, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and if it's large, if it's a larger amount than normal, then take these few weeks that are coming and gather it together and give it to the Lord. And watch God. God puts his whole reputation on the line. See if I will not. So don't be afraid to do it. Mm. So Father, in Jesus' name, for those who contemplate, those who think about it, those that have seriously considered, Lord, those who are now taking responsibility for their present situation those who've heard your instruction. They honor you in the 10th every week, every two weeks, every month, but in the first fruit in this season, they offer you a first fruit. May they be in agreement, husband and wife. May they do it quickly. May they do it with purpose. Father God, for those who've been blessed, even those outside of this house who've been blessed because of the offering of first fruits. Lord, thank you. You're the one that can do it again. Those of you that are online with us, those of you that are in live, live streaming, you can do the same. You can use our church app and you can say, this is how much my first fruits are going to be to the Lord this year. If it's bigger than what you have in, in your coffers right now, then it, you, you may need a couple, three weeks to get it together. That's fine. Just do what you said. God will do what he said. You do what you said. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for an awesome, even at this point, the, the most awesome first fruit season we've ever experienced. I thank you for the testimonies that will come for what you've done. I give you praise for this in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Look at your neighbor.